Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Hello, and welcome back to the Agents of Innovation podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and I want to thank you for continuing to join us and listen to all these episodes. We're now on episode 42, and today we're going to feature an interview with a local Orlando musician named Nicholas Roberts. Uh, Nicholas joined us for an interview, and uh, he plays a lot of uh, great music around here, but has been in all sorts of other places, including Nashville. And we're going to hear uh, more from him in just a few minutes. But I want to uh, encourage you to visit the Agents of Innovation uh, podcast website at agentsofinnovation.org. On there, you'll see links to all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll also uh, be able to read all the blog posts from all the archived episodes. Uh, so all 41 and now 42 episodes, um, you can go back and see all the amazing entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists that we've had on the Agents of Innovation podcast over the last two and a half years. And it's only um, continued thanks to you listening. Um, you can also make sure you subscribe all your friends to this podcast. Uh, you know, grab their phones and subscribe them on iTunes uh, or you can uh, on the podcast app there on the iPhone. Uh, Stitcher, uh, if they've got an Android device or some other non-iPhone device. Um, also, you can listen on SoundCloud. And so we encourage you to do that um, wherever you find podcasts, uh, find the Agents of Innovation podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll now have a great interview coming up here with Nicholas Roberts. I want to welcome Nicholas Roberts to the Agents of Innovation podcast. Thank you, Nicholas, for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well, Nicholas, you're a musician. Uh, you're based here in Orlando. I know you grew up in Sarasota. You've had some stints in different places, but you're back here in Orlando. Uh, uh, tell me about what you're doing now with music, but also uh, how you how you got started. Oh, boy. Well, I started, uh, I grew up, like you said, here in Florida, and then when I went to college I went to Gainesville to University of Florida and then when I was there I met some friends and we kind of started a band and after college moved up to uh, moved to Nashville and when we left or I guess when we made it up to Nashville we worked on the band for a little bit I felt like I learned a lot um, and then life just got con- life got hard uh, from that uh, the band broke up I was kind of broke I was working as a substitute teacher um, full-time which was tough and I just I really wasn't making enough money Uh, the band broke up my family girlfriend was back here in Orlando and I just kind of just I kind of decided around that holiday I think it was Thanksgiving uh, 2015 I just packed it up I put everything in my car and called it quits and moved back back home from Nashville and then I've kind of been kind of been doing it here since yeah, so that's quick. So, we're, so we're done with the Agency of Innovation podcast. That was the whole. Uh, that was the whole story. That's Nicholas it. Roberts. No, <laughs> uh, no. But we. Um, well, let's get into a little bit of that and pick some of that apart. Uh, so, growing up, um, playing music and going to college. Where, when did you first start kind of performing in front of other people? I started performing in college. Um, I think I was 
19, maybe 20. Um, we booked a show, or a friend that was uh, in the band had booked us a show. He just came into band practice one day. He was like, all right, we're playing, you know, in two weeks. And so we kind of got our songs together, and that was the first time that I'd ever um, that I'd ever played. I'd done a couple open mics, I think, up to that point. Um, that was the first show that I ever played. And I grew up playing music. I, I started playing music maybe when I was 11 or 12. Uh, and started taking it seriously in high school. I joined a heavy metal band, um, had grew out my hair, and I was convinced that that was going to be the rest of my life playing um, playing heavy death metal music. And then, obviously, that didn't pan out. Uh, well, uh, now you're considered uh, sort of an indie pop musician. And what I know you sing and songwrite. Uh, what, what other uh, instruments do you play? Guitar is the only one that I'll put on my resume. Uh, that's what I've been playing longest. But like in the studio, I'm usually, uh, I feel like I'm, da- I'm not, I know enough to be dangerous on most other instruments. So like when I'm producing stuff, I can, I have a piano at home and I can go and figure, I can figure stuff out. But I'm not, I'm not the fastest player in the in the world on on anything else but guitar. So uh, so then from from graduating at University of Florida, you went right. Did you go right from there to Nashville? I did. It was a. It was something that we had talked about for a while. My uh, my bandmate at the time, he he had moved up before me. He moved. He left UF and then went to um, went to Nashville ahead of me to finish up up there, uh, finish up school in Nashville and kind of get a head start. And so basically, the month or two after I graduated, I had packed. I had already packed everything up. I think I stayed for the summer. My parents lived up uh, live up in Gainesville. Um, spent the summer there hanging out with the girlfriend and the family and then and booked it i'd been talking about it for for a while though so how long did you spend in nashville about i lived in nashville for about two years um yeah just shy of two years and did you um have any other jobs while you're there or were you doing music uh solely or 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 how did that work well i had a day job i definitely had a day job i was working as a substitute teacher um and the public schools up in Nashville, which was kind of the first, I guess that was the first job that I had out of college, um, or first kind of full-time, full-time gig. I moved up there and got a job at a restaurant, like a buffet kind of place, um, serving, uh, serving mashed potatoes, and that just wasn't enough. I, at the time, I was working that um, probably 10, 15 hours a week, but I was also getting um, I guess the impetus for moving to Nashville in the first place was that I had had a little bit of success licensing some music to television um, up to that point. And so I was getting some, like che- royalty checks. And that, was, and that was before you moved to Nashville? Yeah, that was before I moved to Nashville, kind of a shot in the dark, dumb luck thing. It wasn't anything that I knew what I was doing. It was just somebody reached out and heard some music that I had made. Uh, and wanted to put it into a couple uh, couple shows on MTV, and so I had gotten royalty checks and stuff from that, and that was kind of that's the seed of the idea for me. It was like, oh, this is possible. So, uh, what shows do you, would people maybe have possibly heard them on? Oh boy, uh, reaching back, I think that uh, I had one song on a show called Jersey Shore, which I don't I don't think is on anymore. We try to erase that show yeah. from our memory now. <laughs> yes, sorry, listeners. Yeah, that was a. I didn't have any choice in that. Uh, so Jersey Shore was one of them, and then I there was a show called Catfish that um, I think was the start of it. Somebody had reached out; they had just started this new show. Um, I think it's still on, still pretty popular. Um, 
but that they have just started it. We're looking for new indie acts. Obviously, they couldn't. They didn't have a big budget because they didn't know how the show would do. And so every time one of those Jersey Shore episodes with your song played, you just got another royalty check. Right. Well, it, it's a diminishing, <laughs> diminishing return. Uh, yeah. So anybody that watched Jersey Shore, I appreciate it. Thank you for keeping my lights on for uh, for a little while while I lived lived out of town. And so then you go to Nashville working as a substitute teacher, uh, serving some mashed potatoes on the side and, and the other job. Uh, but you're right. Uh, what are you doing there? You're writing. Um, you're you're performing with your bandmate. Um, what you know? H- h- what's going on up there in Nashville? Uh, I think it was a whole lot of figuring it out because neither of us really knew. I think obviously now twenty twenty hindsight, neither of us really knew how the business worked. I don't think um, we had a vague idea in the same way that everybody does. Like oh, there's record labels, and then you got people that book shows, but we didn't really know how to tackle it. So we were trying to play. We played a couple times a week uh, up in Nashville. They have these things called writers' rounds, where songwriters kind of get together and share songs with each other for other writers in the room and, and share critique and feedback. And so we were playing a couple of those every week, and then booking shows in between. We went on a couple just small tours out of out of Nashville up to Kentucky and down through Florida, uh, just kind of figuring it out. And around that time, right before I left, the our attorney at the time that was kind of helping us navigate some of the uh, bigger bigger picture stuff she again planted another seed of um, she worked for a couple tv networks and was kind of opening up some doors for us to license music to to tv and it felt like it felt like the ball was rolling it was unfortunate that the band ended it the way that it did but getting i guess just getting to see a little bit more of the inner workings working with her and just being in Nashville around other people doing it helped me kind of process and get a better understanding of what was going on around me. Well, so uh, it's interesting on on the Agents of Innovation podcast, we've had a a little over 40 episodes now, um, and they're not all musicians, but of the musicians we've had, uh, a great majority of them now, I mean, at least six, seven, eight of those uh, episodes with musicians, we've had actually uh, musicians that are either currently in or have been in Nashville. I don't think a single one ever was from Nashville. They just all went there. Um, but uh, what was the draw for you initially graduating college in Gainesville, Florida, and saying, I want to go to Nashville? Oh, I have. I don't know if it was a single thing. I think the part of that draw that you talk about of a big city like Nashville is, is the opportunity that's up there. Um, again, kind of just being fresh around the ears, I didn't really know what it was that I was supposed to be doing, but I knew a lot of people similar to you that had moved there and started kind of making things happen for themselves. And so I knew that was kind of the nearest big city that I could move to. And again, I got, not that I had a bad college experience. Um, I was, I met, met plenty of great people, met my girlfriend there, made a lot of friends. But for me, I felt very antsy in that I didn't feel like anything was happening um, I felt like it was a very slow and arduous process. I didn't feel like it was relevant necessarily to what I was trying to do. And I guess I seized the opportunity when my bandmate told me that he was moving to Nashville. Um, we were still making songs and records together over Dropbox and over the internet the best that we could. And when he said that he was moving up there, that kind of, that was the first time I'd have thought about moving there. And then the more that I dug into it, it felt like it made a lot more sense. 
Well, great. Um, so what were um, so you talked about doing those writers rounds and and being able to perform at some shows and then travel around Nashville. Um, great geographically, you can get around to so many different places in the South and in the East Coast and even a little in the Midwest. Um, what else? Uh, were there any other uh, sort of positive takeaways uh, from your experience there? Positive takeaways. I feel like I learned. Uh, it was a lot of. Um if I can talk outside of music, I feel like there was just a lot of growing up that I had to do in a very short period of time. I think the the brass tacks of it, the kind of the reality of being broke and like uh, having to figure it out in real time was kind of the first time that I had jumped out into the open ocean kind of on my, on my own. Um, obviously in college, you've, you're figuring it out the best that you can, but this was the first kind of, there's no more there's no more game plan you're mm -hmm. on your own and you got to figure it out uh, and so I think for me seeing seeing what that was like seeing what the hustle looked like seeing how other musicians were making it work there was outside of just kind of tangible music things I learned a lot about songwriting and melodies and like all of the technical things about making music but I think just emotionally and where my head was at. I feel like I learned a lot just about trying to piece everything together all the time because if you slip, you're going to fall, uh, yeah. fall pretty hard. Well, it's interesting. Um, when I started the Agents of Innovation podcast a couple years ago, um, so the tagline here is I, I interview entrepreneurs, mm. philanthropists, and artists. So part of it is like, how did I bring those three elements together? Well, one is, you know, I was actually involved in this Rock by the Sea music charity for a few years, and we had a lot of independent artists. And you said a word just now. You said you, you uh, were in the hustle. Yes. And, 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 and that's something I think um, is a very entrepreneurial kind of mindset in a way. Um, and I noticed this amongst a lot of these independent musicians in my personal de my the job I actually do for a living I, I, I do uh, fundraising and I, and I meet a lot of business people and a lot of people that are entrepreneurs um, and I, I see kind of the same thing you know I listen to their stories about maybe how they created a business or how they started their career um, and I listen to all those sort of elements and then I also saw them in a lot of these musicians and I said these people are like they're entrepreneurs for their for their creative talents. Mm -hmm. And people might have creative talents and other things outside of music and, and, and performing. So that's um, something where I wanted to combine those elements of, of entrepreneurs and musicians and philanthropists was because those were the kind of the three sort of things I saw going on that a lot of the have a lot of the same qualities of people thinking creatively, maybe uh, in music, it's selling yourself a little bit more, um, but also uh, learning and, and taking risk. Uh, so anyway, that was interesting hearing your story of kind of getting on your own two feet outside of college, but also, you know, trying to learn your ways and navigate through the music industry. So you hang things up in Nashville and we heard a quick bit at the beginning here about, about, uh, it was time to come home. Tell me, tell me what, what kind of led to the, or time to come to Florida mm. was Orlando was kind of new to you now, right? Uh, yes. as of two years ago. Uh, so what was the thought process of, one, leaving Nashville, kind of why, and two, why did you choose Orlando? I think, uh, I think kind of the, the core of it is that my girlfriend lived here. and when Yeah, I, that, that tends to happen yeah, a lot. That I followed a girl. We're still together. We've been together for seven or eight years now, so it worked out. I ended yeah, up, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so the way that that kind of worked for me was I 
kind of weighed my options. I was living, I tell this story kind of, it's funny now, but I was living in a basement, somebody's basement that I found on Craigslist, and I was paying far too much money to live there. I wasn't, I guess, again, but the brass tacks of it is that, like, I just wasn't making enough money to be able to make it work. I was perpetually broke, like, broke, broke, and couldn't really figure out what the like I knew that the draw of staying there was made a lot of sense and I felt like a lot, there was a lot of connection there but the homesickness that I had and just the difficulty of the time that I was having um I, yeah I guess it sucks to say that I kind of packed it up and left because I think there's an, an idealist idea of oh you got to go and you struggle and you make it work but I think the day-to-day of it, of missing my friends and family. The band that I was in didn't end well, just an emotional wreck at the end of that. Um, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I, I felt like I needed a break uh, just to, to get my to get my mind right. And I knew that Nashville would always be there. Um, if I decided to ever move back, I still visit frequently. I still go up and work and work on projects up there. And I don't feel bad about having left kind of this high stress, high pressure environment um, because I feel like everybody is so is so gung-ho on quote-unquote making it that some of the kind of more human elements of figuring yourself out and growing up kind of get pushed to the side just in favor of the entrepreneurial I don't know, je ne yeah. sais quoi of being it or whatever it is there's a lot lost in between so yeah, no, that's good. You got to figure yourself out first before you uh, figure out the next career right. move or whatever. Uh, well, so since you've been back in Orlando, that's been a little over two years now. Um, what have you been up to in Orlando? I know you've got um, a full-time job. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and then um, how are things going musically? I know I actually personally have still not seen you play live, but I've seen you at uh, a couple of other people's shows here in some local uh, uh, venues, um, which is where we, we met, I think. Uh, but the uh, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing musically, but also your what your uh, full time job entails, yeah. and how how they kind of uh, how you kind of manage them both. Yeah, well, I came back to uh, when I came back to Florida. Um, I got a job. I got a full time job. I uh, I went to school for marketing and business, kind of by accident. I <laughs> ran out of time, and I had the credits and kind of moved moved through a business degree and so when I moved back to to Florida I got a job um, working at a tech startup doing uh, PR and marketing for them and I worked there for I guess about a year and a half to almost I guess coming on two years um, by the time I guess yeah two years happened and then shortly thereafter the company had been acquired um, by a larger entity obviously and uh, in that kind of turmoil of company acquisition and all that nonsense uh, they let a whole bunch of people go and so that was last June um, was when that happened and so last June I kind of I'd been working on music and about doing the work-life balance trying to make music happen but last June was kind of the time um, that I decided to go all in and make music my my number one um, and I did that I was doing music full-time, full-time for a couple months, and then started picking up some, I still do contract work for another tech startup, and kind of work there part-time, and, 
and help out other entrepreneurs. I'm, I enjoy entrepreneurship and I have friends that have companies and do, yeah, I help people out consulting, PR, stuff in addition to, um, in addition to, to doing music. So you've been uh, concentrating on music now as your number one for almost a year, mm-hmm. which was, I think, roughly maybe around the time we met. I can't yeah. remember. Um, and so what, do you, what have you been doing? I, I know you, you, I saw that you've been putting out like a new song every month. Is that right? Yeah. Again, I didn't really have a game plan going into it, but I knew kind of coming from some of the things that I felt like I learned working at a startup, a bootstrapped company, was don't be afraid to fail. Content is is very important and I think for me putting those two ideas together I knew that where I was musically or where I felt like I had come um, I wanted to I wanted to get better and so I kind of dove headfirst into this project that started very informally I wrote a song I put it out and then I had another one that was almost done and I said okay well I'll just put this one out the next month and since then, kind of with two under my belt in June and July of, of last year, I just dove in and said, all right, I'm just going to make music for me to learn, the, to keep learning the craft because I'm passionate about how the craft of music works um, and not being afraid to, not putting something out because it's not perfect or just working through that process mentally, knowing that nothing is ever going to be perfect and that I wanted to, if I want to keep getting better, I can't hide behind that idea of, of not putting something out. So since then, I've been putting out a song a month, done a lot more like TV and uh, TV and film placement uh, work, talking to, I guess by the time this comes out, I've been talking to a label about putting out some, uh, putting out some songs. And so I've just gotten the ball rolling, but went on tour last December. Um, just by diving in and figuring it out again in real time, it feels full circle now. Again, twenty twenty hindsight, but so that's great. Um, uh, so tell me a little bit about some of the film and television placement. Is there any uh, places that we might have seen or heard your your song? Yeah, songs. I should say. Yeah, there's been a couple. Uh, there's been a, a good few MTV placements. Um, I was on. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to dig back some ABC Family shows uh, again uh, mtv's teen mom catfish i was on a the uh, bring it back uh there's a new show in britain called geordie shore which is a jersey shore <laughs> spinoff <laughs> that i found out i was uh found out i was on um was on a show, biggest loser and a song on there um in germany i think a different music same broadcast different program or music and yeah. licensing I'm trying to think recent memory. I was on a show called The Fosters that I think was is on a new network called Freeform that's a spin-off of ABC Family now. So how do you uh how did you get connected with some of these uh programs? Mm-hmm. Um like did you reach out? Did someone reach out to you? Is it, you know, some combination? It was a uh, it was me kind of, I guess learning how how that process works and how some sh- there a good number of shows have people on staff that curate the music for the show and help license it and then the more that I kind of pulled away the um, pulled away the blanket on that one I started finding that there were agencies and, and libraries and kind of people that can help um, help place music that that's their job as they I guess musicians are notorious for not being timely and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> unable to get contracts and stuff together so 
agencies act as middlemen um, between artist and TV show or network, make sure all the contracts are signed, all the music is right and ready for placement. Um, and so I hooked up with an agency, I guess about two years ago, while I was still working, um, still working full time, and started getting that getting that moving. Um, I'd reached out to I'd probably reached out to forty or fifty different people, and I had a record that it was about to come out, and I said, Hey, I've have all these songs I think I think they're probably placeable and then you know uh, one in one in 50 somebody got back to me put me on and now here we are well great um, and uh, tell me a little earlier you mentioned uh, you know since you've been working in this sort of other entrepreneurial space with mm-hmm. uh, people doing startups and you've been meeting other entrepreneurs and uh, who are not musicians or just doing other things. Uh, and that kind of got you a little, I mean, how did that influence your kind of, kind of framework and your mindset and your approach mm. to then kind of being a little more entrepreneurial with your, with your own self and your own music? Oh, that was a, it's a hit the ground running fast kind of thing. I think before the podcast started, we were talking about social media and I think given the way that the music business changed, in the early to mid 2000s um, like kind of the the floor dropped out on everybody and the way that music had always been promoted and kind of reaching new audiences is gone completely now the way that that was done 10 years ago doesn't exist anymore and so working in a company that's basically or working for companies that are figuring out a similar situation they're in almost the exact same space in that the way that they would have gotten the word out about what they do 10 years ago is completely different than the way that it works today. And so usually when I'm learning or when I'm picking skills up, I'm always framing it in reference to music. So when I see people um, working on projects that may or may not come to fruition just for the the process of the craft of making, um, just getting that experience, even if it doesn't work, I thought was super valuable. I was able to kind of apply that to, I'm just going to make songs. I'm going to wake up every day, write and make and create just for the art of creating, whether or not that is positive for the business, for lack of a better term. Um, and then also learning some of these new, I think, methods of self-promotion and kind of not being afraid to put yourself out there, like knowing that the business has changed and that the ways of getting on the radio or hoping that somebody puts you on on a bill, on a show or something. I think independent musicians now more than ever have to know how to book their own shows. They have to kind of own their own business and learn the ins and outs of that. And I think being in an entrepreneurial kind of culture, I think being an entrepreneur is cool. It wasn't for a long time. (laughs) Uh, But nowadays it's cool to kind of put yourself on, be like, hey, this is me, this is what I'm doing, starting podcasts, starting a a vlog, doing doing something to, to bring value to other people, I think is is at the center of it. Well, that's great. So, uh, Nicholas, you've been uh, touring uh, mostly around Florida, right? Mm. Um, and uh, where uh, have been some of your recent shows? And and some uh, I know this you know this this may not be completely timely if you got something coming out yeah. in the next or next few weeks. But where can people find uh, find you? Well, I'm trying to go on the road again uh, in August or September of this year. So uh, probably watch out for that. I, last December, I made it toured around Florida, made it up to Nashville. Um, and since then I've been kind of laying low, planning some dates. Uh, this Friday, I'm playing this Friday, uh, 
that, that doesn't help. In June, I'm playing over in Tampa um, at a place called Green Bench uh, yeah. Brewery. And I've had, I've had a couple beers there. Yeah. I've never good, been. I'm good very, craft brewery. Yeah. Really good craft brewery. Shout out to Green Bench. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm super excited for that one. But I guess show wise, I've been laying low doing acoustic shows here and there around Orlando and around Florida and kind of gearing up for gearing up for the fall. I've been aiming to do a couple international dates in wow. August as well. So that's great. Well, and your website is, is it Nicholas Roberts music? Dot com is yeah. that right? Okay, nicholasrobertsmusic.com. I know people can find you on Spotify, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Are you on Bands in Town? I am on Bands in Town. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty easy to find musicians yeah. now. You just got to go to Google or yeah. you know, <laughs> and whatever social media platform you're on. So uh, find Nicholas Roberts. Uh, how are you? Um, one of the so I got two last questions for you. Uh, one, uh, what has the Orlando music scene been like for you? Uh, and what is it like generally? What's your kind of experience with it? That's that's my first question. Then I got one more after that. Cool. Uh, well, I love the Orlando music community. Uh, I think because I grew up in Florida and I used to come over to Orlando fairly frequently for shows when I was still, you know, in high school and in college. And Orlando, for anybody that's lived here for a period of time, obviously I'm a recent transplant here. But having visited the city for the better part of the last ten or fifteen years. Uh, this city has changed so quickly mm -hmm. um, and there's been so much talent and the food culture, the entrepreneurial culture has brought so much vibrancy to the city. There used to be a couple shows here and there and it was always like big, big ticket acts because touring in Florida um, is, is difficult for big bands that are on the road. It's kind of out of the way. And I think as a byproduct of that, people that live in Florida, um, Orlando and, and Florida as a whole, have had to adopt kind of this DIY uh, culture because there is the resources just weren't there. Bands weren't touring through here. It's not like its own major market. It's a long way to go. And so I think you see that a lot, the DIY kind of, we're going to figure this out, put on our own shows with other Florida artists um, and make it work. Uh, I really respect that. And there's tons of cool new venues that just seem to keep popping up. There used to be like two and yeah. now, there, now there's, venues all over town well i started college here for a couple of years uh way back in the mid 90s late 90s but um the uh you know and, we're, and i but i've been back here in orlando for a little over two years now so it's been great kind of getting to, to see all the smaller music venues kind of pop up um and actually i think a lot more artists even larger artists are starting to tour through here more um i know orlando is known for having some super huge pop stars like the Backstreet Boys or Matchbox 20. Um, I think Scott Stapp from Creed yeah. here, right? A lot of, I mean, you got, you got a lot of these people, especially from back in the 90s that were from around here. Um, but the, uh, I think a lot, seeing a lot of these more like independent music artists uh, kind of start to really rise here. That's really been great. Uh, people like yourself. Um, you. and, uh, and, and actually I have to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Gonzo, uh, Chris Gonzalez. Uh, he goes by Gonzo. He started a Facebook group I don't know a year or so ago called Orlando Music Live and he actually post like everything like if like Justin Timberlake was here the other day yeah. uh, apparently by the way I read it on Chris's thing today uh, I think he posted an Orlando Sentinel article about uh, what is it the uh, the arena the Amway Arena I think uh, there was a show there by Justin Timberlake which was like the number one grossing show there ever now um, 
So whatever they're doing over there at the Amway Arena or whatever it's called, center, I don't, I can't keep up. Uh, they are doing some great. Obviously, they have had a huge artist like Justin Timberlake. Uh, but um, but then you've got like just smaller venues and, and everything in between. But uh, Chris Gonzalez on this Orlando Music Live posts just like everything. So if you're playing at Will's Pub or if, you know, um, whoever Justin Timberlake is coming to at Amway Center, I mean, everything is on there, and it's and it's great. So, um, uh, so Chris, you owe me a few bucks for that plug. That plug. Uh, but anyway, um, the other thing. Uh, so yeah, so like the Orlando Music Live, uh, and and you'll and you'll see artists like Nicholas Roberts there. My final question. Um, uh, I got this. Uh, this has now been a kind of a recurring theme on the last few episodes. Uh, I read a book recently by uh, by Ben Sass, who's a U.S. senator, and it's called The Vanishing American Adult. And um, it's a good book, and it's really not, even though he's a senator, it's not really about politics, it's more about culture, but one of the questions he says he likes to ask everybody he meets, I don't know if he asks everybody he meets, but he likes to ask this question to people, uh, what was your first job? And I've been asking this question now since this podcast has to do a lot with entrepreneurs or musicians or whatever, so what was your first job, Nicholas? And, and if you learned anything from it, add, add any value as oh, well. Oh, boy. So this first job, I think my, the first uh, income that I ever earned was through an entrepreneurial venture. Uh, a friend of mine, I'd been playing online games like when I was in high school. And I met a kid on, like in one of the chats or something, and he told me that he was doing this. Um, he, he was getting hired by companies to review their, uh, review their pro- write reviews for their products, except because they were new companies, a lot of times they didn't have the capital to actually send the product to, to him. So they would kind of give you a brief rundown of it and then he would write this was like this is early early 2000s uh being right you know write product reviews and write blog posts for these companies and stuff and it was the first time I'd ever heard of anybody you know making money on the internet just by writing blog articles or reviews uh-huh. of products or it was blew my mind and so he kind of he hooked me up and turned me on to the, um, turned me on to that idea and at the time when I was in high school you know, I was making a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks a week, just banging out blog posts and articles about. Anything. I need, I need to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still a big, it's still a big popular, uh, popular pastime. Yeah. I guess a lot of people still do it. it was, and this was kind of before anybody knew that, you know, blogging and content creation was anything. So it was companies going out on a limb, hoping that they, you know, write game reviews, write for. Mm-hmm write Amazon reviews before they crack down on all of that. So, uh, yeah, that was my first job, quote unquote. And then the first job that I had was out of college, uh, like first formal job wow. serving serving meat and potatoes. So are there any takeaways you had from that first experience in high school when you were writing uh, those blogs and earning a little bit of income for them? I think it was a, a marriage of two ideas that I had had up to that point or not ideas, but I was very into technology and I felt like as the music business was changing, I didn't really have the way to articulate it at the time, but I knew that the internet was going to be a big, like way bigger than it even was at that point. Um, and then seeing, seeing how businesses were paying people to create content, it was on the internet. It kind of reinforced that notion that I had. And I think planted the seed in my head that hey there's something to this like there's something to this discovery on the internet how the world is changing and 
I met somebody online, I'd still never met him in person, that basically changed the course of my course of my life. I was able to make money. I did it in college to, you know, help pay bills, still writing, um, writing blog articles for people, freelance writing. Um, I kind of paid, was able to pay some of my way through school doing that. And that was, I mean, this perfect stranger on the internet that was, uh, yeah, it's, it's strange. Uh, so, um, how many Spotify, um, plays do you have to get to get one of those articles? Uh, same, same payment. <laughs> same payment. I don't know what the, uh, what the Spotify. Oh, like 5,000 or something. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the, I don't even know what the rate is. It's fractions. Of yeah. The, it's, it's like fractions and fractions of a penny. Right? It's fractions and fractions of a penny, but it's kind of similar to bringing it back to entrepreneurship. It's kind of a hockey stick effect right. where if, if something starts doing well on Spotify, um, you start getting picked up into their playlists, and so now, yeah, I make, I make money from. It's a Spotify. great way to get discovered, and yeah. also when people first meet you, they can kind of sample it out, right? And right. maybe they heard, oh, let's go, oh, let me share this with my friend. I'll go listen to this guy on Spotify, and then maybe that would help it take off. Well, thank you, Nicholas, and um, for those listening, um, you can go to Spotify and listen to Nicholas Roberts' music. Uh, you also uh, have, uh, did you have a full album out now? Yeah, I have a full-length record that came out about a year and a half ago. And um, since then, again, I've been putting out a new song every month. And I'm going to kind of bundle those up here in another month or two into another record uh, or EP. Well, if um, you, we can listen to you on Spotify and want to support Nicholas's music and uh, his career, um, you, can, you can also buy his music online. And I'm sure it's available on all the iTunes and everything. Uh, but uh, we're going to listen to one of your songs now. Uh, uh, introduce this song. What is the, what is the song we're going to hear here? Uh, this next song is called uh, Taking Over. I put it out in March, and it's kind of about this idea of feeling like you're not enough or you're not good enough, not ready enough, and diving in headfirst to, uh, to figure it out is what that song's about. Great. Well, we'll dive in headfirst to your song, Taking Over. Thank you so much, Nicholas Roberts, uh, for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.